0: Hello, it's your homegirl, Abby Cornelius, and today we are going to talk about the A word, (laughs) abstraction. So abstraction is this theory that Simon Sinek talks about in uh, his book, Leaders Eat Last, where... Those who are distanced, the farther you get away from your employees or your customers, the higher you climb in the corporate ladder, the more likely you are to make decisions that negatively impact the people that you serve, whether that be employees or customers, okay? Because people are no longer people, they become statistics on a piece of paper. And the higher you climb and the less connection you have with those folks, the easier it is to make decisions that aren't necessarily the most beneficial. And so when I was reading about this concept, it really hit home for me because I've seen abstraction play out in my corporate life. And I wanna share some of those examples because I'm really passionate about customer experience, employee engagement, and about leadership growth. And I think that those are three areas that abstraction gets in the way of. So to kind of level on a little bit more about the clarity of abstraction, uh, he, he says that, you know, a single death is a tragedy and a mass casualty is a statistic. And, you know, if you hear this story of Jimmy, the quarterback who was, you know, unexpectedly killed in a car accident and he had all this promise to go on to play football at a major college and university and he had all these hopes and dreams. And you hear from his parents and his, you know, and his friends, it's just, it's heart wrenching, right? It's really, really hard to hear that even if you didn't know him, but when you read a statistic online that says overseas, 1,500 dead in, you know, whatever, a bombing, and you just kind of like, oh, that sucks, and you scroll. And it's sad. It's, it's, you know, it's sad to have to admit that and to read that, but that is true. That's what happens for most people because statistics dehumanized where individuals overhumanize, right? And so when you run a business in a way that is more about the numbers than it is about the people, and there's a disconnection between those two, you lose your circle of safety, which is basically how your company operates. Um, You lose the trust factor that's needed to really continue long-term. And I think home building as an industry, is working really hard to improve this. I think that they recognize that some of the national builders are so big, of course, it's going to be hard for the CEO to know all of their people. And that's one of the things that he talks about in this book, is it's really important to keep your teams to a manageable number of 150 or more. And you see that in a division, right? So you would have like a division president who's responsible for 100 or less people. And then it's the division president's responsibility to know all of their people and to know them all by name, and to know a little bit of their story, and to feel like you're, they've got your back, and more importantly, you've got theirs. And this is how you get that circle of safety. But if we continue to stay at an arm's length, if we continue to have leaders that don't engage with their people and with their customers, you lose that ability to make decisions based on people and not based on money or stats. And Uh, you know, you've heard this probably a million times, managers manage numbers, leaders lead people. And when you lead people, you do take care of the numbers, right? We do have a business to run. You want things to be profitable. Um, You can't just willy nilly, you know, carte blanche, everybody do whatever the heck you want. That's not how you run a business. But when you really have a team that you trust, you know, they're going to do the right thing to protect the company. But that takes getting down and getting to know them. One of the things I loved about working with Taylor Morrison is that their CEO, Cheryl Palmer, she every year would go around to all the divisions. And it's, I'm sure it's an enormous task to travel coast to coast and meet with all of these teams and her whole, you know, C-suite executives, you know, they would come along too and they would get in the divisions and they would chat with people. And I know firsthand those conversations aren't stat driven, right? Like I was a new employee and when I introduced myself to Cheryl, she knew who I was. She knew where I came from. She, you know, asked me a little bit about my story and what brought me to Taylor Morrison. And when I shared, you know, why I was excited to work there, she was so empathetic. And she's like, Oh my gosh, honey, being a working mom is tough. But she's like, it doesn't get any bit easier when you're a working grandma. You just want to be with those babies. And I had this conversation with a CEO that made me feel like, Oh my gosh, she's a person she gets me. And now, I want to work harder and now I want to show up better because that's truly the heart of the company, right? Is people helping people. And so it's such a polarizing opposite from other experiences I have had where the CEO walks in last minute, gives his speech, walks out, no handshakes, no talking, don't ask questions. Like this, he is a figurehead, he's untouchable and he doesn't really want to hear our problems. Just bring us your problems and we'll try to fix them. And so this abstraction, this distance can, the gap can be closed by connection and by getting to know your people and by doing a pause before you make a business decision and not saying, hey, you know, like a lot of companies have had layoffs recently. It's not, hey, we have to lay off eight people. It's, hey, we have to lay off Sarah, Bill, Sue, Joe, and Ken. And here's what these people mean to this organization. And this is going to be a loss. And we're not happy about this, but it's a means to keep, the rest of the business on track, and you treat it differently then, and you deliver the news differently then, and the team members who remain feel differently, like they understand that that was hard for you. They understand that they're at a company that does value employees, and it was not a lighthearted decision. Versus, oh, we did what we had to do. Everybody's a number. Those numbers got cut, and that feels different to a team. And that's where that's where you lose your circle of safety is when decisions that are made are delivered in a way that lack the connection because they don't treat it like people. They do treat it like numbers. And so three areas that I'm very passionate about in home building are customer experience, employee experience, and leadership growth. And I think abstraction impacts all three of these areas in the following ways. So when it comes to CX, if you are only listening to your customer story via your customer service dashboard, you are missing a an enormous amount of what's actually going on um when i was selling i of course heard my own customer service issues but i didn't know everything that was going on division wide as a sales leader i had an opportunity to identify trends and issues and you would be surprised what i found by meeting with customers. We get a bad survey. I'm going to call them. You know, My my salesperson is dealing with a really disgruntled customer. It is easy for me to say, it's your customer, deal with it. It is hard for me to say, I'm going to come meet with you. I want to hear what's going on here. But when I would do that, and I would face-to-face with a customer, and I would see their pain and hear their frustration, and I could identify trends, then I could actually help. And I could say things like, guys, we keep messing up exterior colors, and this is frustrating customers because they buy, they think they're getting it, and then we're telling them they have to change, and it's also costing us money because then we have to compensate, And, and why are we doing this? Because we don't have a good system in place. Now, I, as a leader, can help put a better system in place to make a better customer experience, make our employees not sit in these difficult conversations, but if I stayed in my ivory tower and I stayed in the office and I told my team member, go deal with your customer issue, I would never have learned that. And customer service will continue to stink. Or if I just read my sheet and all I got was that we got a two and I don't know why, then I missed that opportunity to identify those issues and help solve and make a better work environment for my people and a better customer experience for our customers. When it comes to employee engagement, when you stay in your ivory tower, you avoid the difficult conversations that need to have. I've heard this happen in several different industries. Uh, Typically in January, compensation changes. It's common in the sales world. So again, regardless of industry, whether it be insurance, home building, whatever, um, compensation changes normally happen at the beginning of the year. So When these decisions are made at the corporate office, then they select who is going to deliver this news via email or Zoom call. That person who delivers the news is not likely the person who had any say in what happened. So you're basically setting them up to be a scapegoat. And then the people are gonna have questions. They're not gonna get answers. It's gonna be this very uncomfortable chain of, middle lip manager didn't feel like they could trust their big boss, little guy doesn't feel like their boss has any influence. And then they feel like those guys don't have their best interest at heart and your whole circle of safety is gone. Where if the people who are delivering the news could at a minimum be part of the conversation, understand the why, have input and deliver it in such a way that they can facilitate questions and have maybe a little bit of dialogue, it would go a lot better where people would feel like, okay, at least they listened, they heard us out. Um, another way that employee engagement creates this disconnect is that you don't know what your people are going through and you are too far up here. One of the things I always got super frustrated about when I was selling is the big like annual meeting the state of the company meetings, whatever they are, they would talk about, our stock is so great. You're all shareholders, you know, and drive stock prices because it's going to benefit you all. And yes, that's true. If you have an employee stock option plan and everybody gets part of their stock, but here's the deal. Everybody knows that the day-to-day worker is not making what the upper level managers are who are getting stock as part of their pay. And so when, when you're this big boss and you're talking about this is a huge impact, well, it is to you, It may not be to everybody at the every level, and the more you use that as a pitch, the more self-serving it feels to those below you because we know you're really just looking out for number one because this means more to you than it means to me. To me, I'd like to have a little bit more time with my kids. I'd like to be able to sneak out at four once a week and not feel bad about it. Um, I care more about that than the extra effort it takes to get me another dollar per share. That dollar per share for you might mean millions. That dollar per share does not mean, it doesn't translate to me the way that it does to you. So I think you need to have a little like acknowledgement of your audience, but you can't if you don't know your audience, if you don't take time to sit with them and get to hear them. Um, So that's my pitch, kind of like an example of abstraction when it comes to employee experience. And then let's talk about leadership development and growth. So another reason why I feel like companies are really good at saying you know, every year, here's our succession plan, here's who we want to backfill. And a lot of companies have phenomenal leadership development programs where they teach you the business and they walk you through maybe a little spell in construction, and a little spell in land, and a little spell in marketing, and a little spell in finance, and you get to kind of like learn to connect the dots. And that's huge. That's awesome. It's really, really valuable. I don't mean to discredit that. But what they're not teaching you is how to lead people. They're not teaching you how to Um, manage difficult conversations, how to set expectations, how to run a coaching session, what your one-on-one should look like, because they are so far removed from having to do that with everyday workers that they don't have the skill set to teach you it, or they never were taught it. And so you've got this middle-level management team who is being groomed to be managers of numbers, not leaders of people. And your your everyday employee feels that. They feel like, oh my gosh, all my boss cares about is how I show up on the spreadsheet. So my extra effort doesn't matter, right? Or this person gets to do, just be a terrible teammate, just be absolutely disrespectful, um, create so much drama and gossip, but because they're hitting their numbers, we like them, like they get celebrated within the organization. And what happens is you lose... Um, either physically lose or you just get disengagement from your quality employees who are doing things the right way. And I need to be really careful about that. And there's this, there's this uh, behavioral psychological principle called learned helplessness. And it's if you assume I'm doing bad, basically, then I should just do bad. Or if my good work doesn't get noticed because this person's doing a bad job and they're getting away with it, then why am I even trying? And I see this happen on the construction side a lot. I think our construction team members take enormous pride in their work as they should. It's it's a phenomenal thing to build these homes and to bring these communities to life. But I often see that the ones that work the hardest, nobody's praising them. Nobody's giving them recognition. And then they're seeing the guy in the community over like half assing it and he's still hitting the marks and it's like why am i trying so hard like there's there's no reward for being a good team player there's no reward for doing the right thing there's a self reward but within this organization i don't feel like it's valued so then your employees feel misaligned but if you are a boss that took the time to talk to your people and you you came and i don't just i don't think this is like a boss direct employee issue i think this is like what I call the big bosses, like the one or two above you, they need to come down and spend some time with their people. They need to come down and ask very pointed questions of what are you struggling with this week? What's going on? And not to fix it, but just to listen, identify those um, trends, excuse me, let people know you're listening to them and that you're here to help. And when you can affect change, affect change and get those bonus points for trust, get those bonus points that truly build that circle of safety. Simon talks about in this book, that it could take seven days to seven years to build trust. So you need to keep at it. It's not gonna happen overnight. And if you have a company culture that struggles with a circle of safety, that struggles with trust, that struggles with putting people first, it's gonna take time. It's gonna take diligent everyday conversations that that was not the way we should handle that situation. Would you have said that if the customer was sitting here? Would you have said that if the employee was sitting here? And if the answer is no, then we need to reframe the way that we're working. because we need to take care of our people, our people take care of our business. And it is people over money, the money will come if you take care of the people. But if you only focus on the money, you're always going to have a people problem. And I just, it seems like the simplest little mindset shift, (laughs) that if you take care of the people, the people take care of the money. But if you take care of the money, you lose the people. I mean, it's, it's common sense, but yet we operate so much in a day-to-day and what have you done for me lately and we've got to hit this quarter and we got to hit this year end that we don't say, and how is this going to impact my tomorrow? Or is there a better way we could do this that would help the overall agenda of the goal of Circle of Safety or the goal of People First? So I'm off my soapbox, but in the spirit of Valentine's Day next week, I want you guys to take time with those that you work with for or under and get to know one another. I think the best way to absolve abstraction is to create connection. And this is why you do see a lot of companies encouraging the get back to work because they want to create connection. But if you're just going to bring people back to bring them back and there's not going to be a true effort to do what you need to do with that time, um, you're gonna lose them even further. So I'd be mindful about that. But if I look back on my career and some of my favoriteest teams that I worked with and the times where we had the best results and the times where it just felt like everything was clicking it was when I knew the people that I worked with the best and it's when I truly felt like I trust my boss and I truly felt that my team trusted me and that is a rare beautiful gift in the world and I think that should always be our goal and it takes work it takes intention it takes slowing down um So if you're a leader listening to this, I don't think the solution is bring everybody back into the office and force them to stare at each other for eight hours a day. I think instead the answer is do a lunch once a month and just invite four or five people. Uh, I had a division president that used to do this. Uh, they called it kicking it with Kevin <laughs> and maybe do breakfast together. And it would be four people from different departments. So it encouraged you to create connections within your organization. But the division president got a chance to hear from the people like, who are they? Where do they go to college? What do they, what do they like to do for fun? Do they have vacations coming out. None of it was like work related. In the beginning, he would always ask, is there anything I can do to help you do your job better, which is a great question to ask from a division president. Kudos to him for asking that. Um, but that's a great way to know that you're making decisions for your team and that you're getting to know your team. And that's the simple kind of connections we need, not the forced FaceTime across cubicles. Um, so be mindful about that. Start with good conversations and build trust. be somebody that your team trusts and respects and they know that they can rely on and you will be surprised how much better they show up at work every day. All right, I gotta go this is a long this is a long podcast. Uh, if you guys have any questions or if you feel like you need help leveling up as a leader and maybe you want to switch from a numbers leader to a people leader and you need support in doing that, please reach out to me. I will have my uh, chat link in the show notes that you can schedule a 30 minute call with me and we can talk about kind of your goals and see if working together makes sense. Um, If you are somebody who struggles with managing difficult conversations, because I do get that a lot, it's a skill that's not taught, I did create a digital course that you can go through on your own time. Um, I'll put the link for that as well. These are the skill steps that help you navigate difficult conversations, whether it's with a customer or with an employee who maybe needs to have a performance conversation. So if you need support with that, check out my link in the show notes. And um, other than that, have a wonderful week. Happy Valentine's Day. Love to you all. Bye for now.